got it. Good morning. Good morning. Um, they say that when you take and lift ideas from one person, it's called plagiarism. When you gather ideas from lots of people, it's, uh, it's research. So this morning, this is going to lean a little towards plagiarism. Okay. In um, some, a little while back, about the time I was born, there was a Presbyterian minister named Robert Boyd Munger. And he preached a sermon called My Heart, Christ's Home at his church. It's in California. And it struck a chord with his people, and he gave it again. And later he wrote a booklet. Booklet is called, guess what? My Heart, Christ's Home. And you can still buy it on Amazon. It's in print. Uh, And we're just going to walk through my version of that. But first of all, this is where everything starts. Everything starts with salvation. Um, Last week, my friend Lily was baptized, and she read this verse. I'm going to read it slower. Um, If you were there, you'd know. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Salvation is called by a lot of different names. Sometimes we say, well, the person was saved, or they, they believe in Christ. They were born again. They surrendered to Christ. Um, or they went forward, if you were from a church that had an altar call. Or... They invited Christ into their heart. And people have kind of debated, well, you're not really inviting Jesus into your heart. You know, and it's, um, let me read some verses. Um, it's the Holy Spirit. Okay, Let me read some verses. I'll read a part of what Mark read earlier. Uh, Ephesians, 6, Ephesians 3, 16 to 19 or so. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Um, John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, I'm going to read a bunch of things. I don't know if you can keep up, because a danger with having an amateur up here is it's hard to judge time, how long it's going to take. So, you know, just saying. John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our abode with him. We will live in him. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 17, Do you not know that you are a temple of the Holy of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Okay. Uh, There's a reference in Revelation 3, Jesus is really talking to the church, but I think it applies to people as well. Um, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's kind of pictured by this. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Um, So, well, is it God that lives in us? Or is it God the Father? Is it the Son? Is it the Holy Spirit? You know what? Yes, it doesn't matter. They are one, okay? Okay. after Pentecost, when a believer gets the Holy Spirit inside of him. And we're going to take a look at that. Remember, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. You know, it's going to be awesome one day, but today 
in a sense, we have a chance to prepare a place for him. That's our hearts. Um, one of the things I like best about my home is that I'm comfortable there. I like it. I can rest. And my goal is to make it comfortable for Christ. Um, you know, is Jesus welcome in every room of my heart? You know, your heart has chambers. We're going to call them rooms today. Um, is he welcome in every room? Um, but, or is he welcome in some and kind of shut out from others? Um, maybe there's some house cleaning that has to happen. Uh, too many Christians fit into this, uh, Matthew 15, 8. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. Jesus called Pharisees whitewashed tombs. What that means? They look good on the outside, but they're kind of ugly and dirty on the inside. You know, when I was first saved, my goal was to be the same on the out inside that I was on the outside, and that's a struggle sometimes. Um, I can fool people. I've done it for years and years, um, but I my goal is to be the same on the outside, inside as I am on the outside. The outside's easy, right? And so the first room. Just like we invite guests into our room, into the living room. This is where you scurry around and you clean up a little bit so you create a false impression that, see? Um, and then, you know, and you have, you're getting to know Jesus, you're having conversations, you're growing. And then one day he says, hey, can I see the rest of your house? And you go, oh, no. Um, Okay, so the first thing we do is we go to the study. This is your mind. This is what you think about. This is, this is a tough area. When he walks into your mind, um, what, do you think, what do you think he sees? I think for most of us, this is our biggest battlefield, you know, what we struggle with. You know, I, can, I can look good to people. I can, I can teach. I can, I can do other things. But what goes on in my mind is where the battlefield is. Um, you know, all of us, when we're born, we have three little controls inside of our brain. Um, one's it's called think, say, and do. For little kids, they have to learn to control that do button. For, you don't knock over Johnny's stack of blocks because you think of it. You learn to control your do. Later, we learn to control our say. You don't say everything that comes into your mind. The toughest knob is think. How can you control what... Things come into your brain, but do you dwell on it? Can you sweep it out? Um, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, We're destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. For, listen to this. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brother, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Dwell means to think about, to ponder. Um, we should be... What does God see when he comes into your brain, when he comes into your mind? He can read your mind. I can't read your mind. You wouldn't like it if I could. I figured out... If I could read everybody's mind within about six feet radius, you'd stay about eight or ten feet back, wouldn't you? Um, 
what you think about matters. There's images that we have in there. There's, there's little thoughts that come and we, we play with. Um, David struggled with this. In uh, Psalm 139, one of the most beautiful psalms in the Bible, um, 139, just verses 23, 24, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. What he's saying, he's saying, Lord, just come in and read my mind. Just, I'm going to open the curtains and the windows, sweep through, read my mind. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. He says, Jesus, come in and clean it up. I, I can't do it myself. Um, then we're going to run through some other rooms. The dining room, this is where your appetites are. What is it that appeals to you? What of the world, what, how much the world offers does, appeals to us, really? We need to come to a point where we say, God, I only want what you want. If I ask for something and it's not really good for me, please don't give it to me. That's controlling your appetite. You go down the hall a little bit, there's your rec room. Not all of us have rec rooms anymore, but um, this is your entertainment. Okay, what hobbies do you have? Are these hobbies okay? Um, I spend time just browsing YouTube. People get into, there's Facebook, there's music, there's movies, there's TV, um, sports, fishing, crafts, you know. How do you balance that properly? We all struggle with this. I'm not going to have the answer today, but I can say that even a good thing you spend too much time on robs you from the best things. Um, Too much good things isn't good. And are there things that we would never, ever say or do that we accept in our entertainment? We tolerate evil sometimes. So if Jesus is walking through and watching a movie with you, would you be uncomfortable? Um, So go on down the hall. You know, I I know, I remember hearing a teen say one time, he goes, man, do we have to be against everything? You know, sometimes... It feels like that. Um, we need to work on these priorities. What's important to you? Let's keep going. Your workshop. I like woodworking. I've gotten into that. I'm not real good at it, but I, I have tools. Uh, uh, you know, what are you doing? Um, what are you making? What are you making with your, your gifts, with your uh, skills and tools? You know, I make little toys and trinkets and stuff. What do you do that's lasting? We all have good works that we can be doing, and sometimes we're, we're not interested. We just want to tinker around in the shop. Um, down the hall further, around the corner, is the dressing room. Maybe it's the bathroom. It's where your mirrors are. What image are you trying to project to the world? Um, What's the real you? You know, um, the world tells us lies about what's cool or not cool, and we believe them sometimes. So that's a that's a struggle. Uh, now, they used to be called drawing rooms. Do you have a drawing room? Uh, in the 1800s, they were called originally they were called withdrawing rooms. This is a special place in the house. Um, where the owner could withdraw with special guests to spend some extra fellowship together. There might be a party going on, and he takes a few friends, 
to the withdrawing room. And Jesus and I agreed that we would spend time in the withdrawing room. We would meet together each morning. And at first, it was very easy to do. It was joyful. I looked forward to it. I would share joys and hurts and fears, and he would help me understand Scripture. And gradually, I'd kind of cut that time down a little bit short, a little bit short, because I was busy, right? Are you busy? Um, And then I'd skip a day, and then maybe a couple of days. And one day I was walking, I was rushing out because I was late, I was busy, and the door was ajar, and I looked in the drawing room, and I saw Jesus sitting in there, waiting. And uh, I went in and just begged apologize. I said, Lord, Lord, I am so sorry. Um, I've been so busy. And, you know, just in begging forgiveness, and he says, you know what? He said, these times together, these are not just for your spiritual growth. He goes, I enjoy them too, and I miss them when we don't have them. I think as believers, we, we accept Christ, we have our sins forgiven, we're, we're saved, so that we can have a relationship with God, and then, then we just skip past the withdrawing room and cruise out, you know, cruise out into our day. Um, we, we're saved. I mean, we, we get to go to heaven, but we have a relationship with God, and we don't, we don't embrace that. Um, it's an amazing thought. The sovereign king of the universe is interested spending time with us. And so, what do you do in your drawing room? I've kind of renewed my quiet times because I've been getting lazy on it. And I find that my main chair that I, I read and I surf on television or on, on the internet and watch television and stuff, I have a hard time having my quiet time there. So I just go over to a, a seat on the couch somewhere else, and it, your, your mind shifts. That's one way to just get back into it. Commit that you do that. And as Jesus and I were just having time together and, and you know, confessing sin, being honest, he stops for a second and he goes, what's that smell? I said, what do you mean? He goes, no, it's, out, it's down the hallway. And he starts headed down the hallway, and I go, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I know where it's coming from. It's this back storage room, and this is where I keep my special secret sins. And we're heading down the hallway, and I run ahead, and I run into the room, and I grab a bunch of stuff, throw some things up in the closet, shut the door, and then he comes in, and I go, yeah, Lord, these things are here. You know, there's other stuff. And I said, can you help me clean them out? And he looks around and he just walks right to the closet and points to it and goes, what's in here? And for a minute I get kind of mad. I think, Lord, Lord, I've opened up my heart to you. I've... Everything. We've, I've just, we're one, but please let me have this. Do we do that? Um, You know, can I hold on to a couple of personal things? And 
Jesus really can't be comfortable in our house unless the bad smells are out. We need to just address, all of us have some kind of besetting besetting sins, you know, whether it's anger, lust, or or whatever. Um, We need some, it's part of the spring cleaning. I go, um, let me go back to the verse in, in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the, inter- lead me in the everlasting way. Again, Lord, you're welcome to read my mind. Come through and just, when you find stuff you don't like, let me know. You will. You'll, you'll know. Um, and let's clean it out. Another psalm of David that covers this, you know, I was thinking, okay, how do you land the plane here? There's too much to all of us have to deal with. <clears throat> and Psalm, 59, psalm 51, verses 6 to 12, um, is just David dealing with God in his heart. Remember, God called David a man after his heart. So he was comfortable with David, but David had some secret sins that he had hoped that got covered up. And so verse 6 of Psalm 51 starts, Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, in my heart. And in the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. Purify me with hyssop. I don't know what hyssop is, but it's cleaning something. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Okay, and listen, starting with verse 10. We could almost sing it. I should have done it this morning. But um, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Um, I'm going to jump analogies for a second. Um, Sometimes when somebody's saved, there's a good analogy of your carpooling to work, and Jesus is riding along with you. He's part of your carpool, and he gets in your car, and you're driving. And as you're driving, you're talking and sharing, and, and he's helping you with things. He's helping you understand stuff. And then as you, one day as you're driving, he says, uh, can I drive? And, oh, no, Lord, there's kind of a dangerous stretch up ahead, some curves, and it's, it's kind of tricky. You better let me drive. Um, all right, have you ever done that? Lord, I want to be in charge of this. You can help with some of the easier stuff. But um, can I drive? Who's in charge? Who's, uh, who's running your life? You know, back in the, the heart, my, my heart Christ home analogy, okay, there's the deed to your house. Who owns that? Who's really in charge? And as you're raising kids, sometimes the, um, the question always is, okay, who's the boss? Um, with our relationship with God, who's the boss? 
um, so who owns your life? Okay. I'm going to stop here and pray. I think we're. I didn't go over. I'm under, but um, it's kind of a blessing. Uh, but let's let's pray together. And I know each of you are wrestling with God in different areas. Um, some people don't care. Some people. It's like, why is this so hard? Paul did this. Remember, end of Romans seven. Um, he goes, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the stuff I want to do. You know, this is pitiful. What's wrong with me? And he says, how do, I, how do I get out of this? Remember what he says? It's Christ. You have to do that. So let's pray together. Lord, I, I, I struggle with allowing you to drive. I struggle with allowing you to own my, my house and all the rooms in it. And I know we all do in different areas. Lord, I pray just as a church body that we can open up our, our minds, open up our hearts, and just let the windows and curtains be open and, and your sunlight, your cool breeze blow through our, our hearts, Lord. I pray that we would desire you to be there and desire you to be comfortable in our hearts. And again, with the time in the withdrawing room, Lord, I pray that you help us to look forward to those times as much as you do. Lord, I I thank you for this church and uh, every single person here. Your blessing. Um, Lord, we ask all of these things in your mighty name. Amen.